Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What's happening, everybody? We're here to talk about the business of cannabis with Jay Rosenthal and Miggy, of course. It is a wonderful episode on a Sunday uh, where we have our guest shows. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a big discussion about the business of cannabis, not just in Canada, but also in America and all the crap that it's about. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Let's get going. But remember, of course, we are dealing in an industry that's 21 plus. And so um, uh, we're trying to also comply with certain um, policies that allow us to actually get other subscribers. So likes and subscribes, everybody. Let's get into it. Yo, Omegi, thank you for the dance party and for joining us. And then also uh, businessofcannabis.com, which is clearly not your name. but No, um, no I changed yeah. it. You did? Legal. Yeah, I thought it'd be cooler. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons why I, I dabbled with the idea of changing my name to Max Power. But then uh, evidently this is just me ripping off a Simpsons episodes from the 90s. And so I, I gave up that dream. So it's, It suits you. You should have kept yeah. it. Shut up. Jay, can you uh, introduce yourself and tell us Sure, sure. My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the managing director of Business of Cannabis. I'll give you my whole spiel. Since 2017, we've highlighted the company's brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry. We have online events, real-world events. We have a daily video series, daily podcast, daily newsletter. You can find out all the information right here at businessofcannabis.com. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is actually streaming on our YouTube channel as well and on your YouTube channel, but subscribe to both. Like You might as well. Like how You much, might as well. You, like, you need if to learn you about enjoy the, the, the industry. You should subscribe to these YouTube channels. Yes. Uh, and so you've been into cannabis for a while. Um, what does Business of Cannabis report on? What trends are going on in the business of cannabis? Yeah. So we started off uh, with a really heavy Canadian focus because we're based in Toronto. And we started in late 2017, which was uh, really the year, well, the year before legalization here. Uh, and there were, you know, there was only medical cannabis, obviously, but it was pretty large. We have 300,000 plus patients and we only have 30 plus million uh, resident. So it's, it's big, um, or was big. And, uh, we really just were looking for ways to get into the industry. Uh, me and two business partners, we talked to anybody we knew and mm -hmm. it seemed like there was this gap around really B2B information around the industry. There was an emerging industry. There were big companies like the canopies and some of the other big sort of uh, licensed producers that were publicly traded, but we were really drawn to the innovative stories about the entrepreneurs who had uh, like pushed all their chips in. And we thought even if you did you, the public didn't even um, know anything about legalization or were against it, even you might really be compelled by the innovation that was happening in the Canadian landscape. And so we said, let's just help tell those stories. It was a pretty basic premise. Um, and then really as things progressed, we saw there was this need to connect the industry to itself. And that's really how we sort of started what we do by highlighting the comp you know, companies, brands, people, and trends happening first in Canada, but then we've expanded a lot. Um, we do a lot of work about what's happening in the States, especially around emerging markets. We've been in and out of New York, uh, you know, four times in the past six months. We're going New York's to awesome. It's great. And like, there's yeah, a real yeah, yeah, we got so much New York to talk about. Like yeah. it's, it's going to be our workshop for the month is going to be because New York in the past two weeks got off its duff and issued things. And I'm like, well, those are regulations about, about retail locations. And those are regulations about cultivation. 
okay, we're doing this. And so it, New York's going to be interesting. We're going to do a whole thing about it. We'll have to run run it by you just to make sure that you can give us saying, like, this is bullshit. No, 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 it's not. We're, we're trying to really, really help people get their licenses in order. But man, that's awesome, dude. Thank you for doing that. No, no. So, and so what we what we did, like our first couple of things were like we had a medical cannabis week in 2018 to highlight the companies doing interesting things around medical cannabis, which was the only industry at that point here in Canada. But then gearing up, like we have a report uh, once a week around benchmark pricing that we work with partners to get benchmark pricing indices uh, from across North America. We put that through our newsletter. We hmm. highlight sort of um, leaders throughout the industry, regulators, lawyers, uh, regulatory sort of consultants, insurance hmm. people like I like to say a lot of the boring parts of the industry that make it really tick that right. consumer facing folks may not ever be interested in. But for us, hey, right. we don't. Like, that's the thing, because I'm trying to walk that fine line, too, where my clients aren't the consumer ones that are asking questions about like their FOID cards or also if they can smoke weed on a plane. But, you know, you're trying to reach that demographic because those are the entrepreneurs that are actually getting into this space that you can help. Yes. And so that's that's fascinating, yeah. man. Thank you for yeah. doing that. Well, yeah, good, Miggy. I was just saying, it's just not entrepreneurs, though. It's like you know, cannabis is a weird animal, right? So, like, if we were like the beer channel, like it'd be so much easier. We'd still be talking about notes and terpenes, and but we're not talking about like kids being taken away or people being locked up or all the other FBS that we deal with. You know, Jay, I, you're the first. I think you are our first Canadian guest. Like, truly, like we had a neighbor. Like, because we don't know shit about Canadian, like, uh, like culture right because yeah. like there is the outlaw days where it's prohibition and everybody's all you know secret handshake and all that crap but uh your guys aren't there no more like you guys yeah. literally you know have stores in the open oh yeah you know there's still some raids going on of course because money you guys are like, still getting raids in in canada very few i mean there's yeah. some on like some i mean th there are some let's call them legacy growers uh, but mm. I mean, legacy, like they actually yeah. had medical license to grow for personal use or allocated for other per people's person, but they're growing at scale, like huge scale. And they're, you know, there's some of that, not much, but there are still, you know, legacy or illicit dispensaries like in and around Toronto that really operate kind of with impunity, much to the chagrin of like people put millions of dollars into their stores. Like, I wonder if that's going to happen to New York with those types of weed pop-ups they've had and weed trucks and then nobody's prosecuting. Well, except they said they're about to because, and, and nobody in the industry, like this is the interesting part of the industry. And it's one thing to talk about on a podcast and people say, you know what? Nobody should be put in jail for the plant. Sure. I get that too. At the yeah. same time, like at an entrepreneur, I'm putting millions of dollars and my life savings and my, you know, my personal professional and, life uh, into this. and the safety and the security. And so you're investing as a dispensary owner in a highly regulated state uh, in, in a lot of security to protect not just your inventory and the cash, but also your customers. And, and these guys are just popping up to a, a street corner and then, you know, like they're selling tacos. We had an event in New York in December, uh, Business of Cannabis. We do this, this event series in Brooklyn. It's amazing. But we were there on uh, December, I think, 9th and 10th. And my wife came into town for the weekend and we went to a Broadway play. And so we're on Broadway and like going to a play, right? The whole, the whole nine yards. And like there's trucks, as you said, like there's weed trucks. And they're parked like in the right oh, zone. Glorious. Like, and, and, and frankly, I'm not going to say which brands. And, and they are clearly not selling the legal brands in there, but they have the legal mm. brand logo. So they're also, not only are they like, but that's the thing. Now, now we have like two yeah. violations. So we have the violation. So that's unlicensed, untaxed. And then we have the violation of they're trending on other people or other consumer packaged goods companies like cookies, brand and trademarks to say that this is apples and bananas. Well, actually apples and bananas is compound genetics, but like, you know, uh, to, to say that their stuff is their stuff. So they are, I mean, this this had to have happened in the illicit industry. It's like, oh, you want that OG Kush? Oh, this is it. Yeah. Oh, you want the perps? Oh, this is it. Hey, that's the same damn bag. You want to do it twice. You're just trying to move products. You well, know? Funny, too, is the like you're saying, you know, you mentioned cookies, right? You can buy cookies packaging on Amazon. Like, you know, it might not have anything to do with Burner. There might, or there might be a deal. Maybe Burner might have a thing. But either way, there is no protection for anybody, like, in, in the money category as far as like it's his ip but it don't matter because 
you know, F you, it's cannabis. Uh, so it's only prohibition already. PBS is IP. And so, like, Cookies is one cease and desist away from PBS saying, like, you ripped off Cookie Monster's blue font. You ripped off the first name of them. <laughs> you ripped off the logo by making a cookie C. Uh, and, and so will PBS send that letter? I don't know. I don't think so. I think That's they would have of... sent it already, to be quite yeah. honest. But but it is it is interesting because uh, – and this is – a lot. One of the interesting things happening in Canada here is that many, and this is not sort of IP related because they're licensed in the IP, is that we are seeing, we we didn't get, so legalization happened in late 2018 here in Canada, but it was just flour and oils and pre-rolls. Like that was basically the industry. And then uh, later, a year, uh, about a year later, 2.0 products. So, you know, edibles, beverages, uh, concentrates came out. And that is so uh, silly. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, like. Did they think they wouldn't take their flour and make cookies? Well, I, it's so, the whole thing is wacky, but or yeah. oils like they sold oils in a dropper, like you could yeah. just buy well, the oil. or so. I mean, but that, that's part of the issue with the beginning, right? Why there's still legacy and traditional markets right. in Canada? So, well, all, even still now, our our edibles are only ten milligrams a container. Jesus, it's like that's the cap. So all those things we, we're working are out only ten milligrams per container, not per piece. Per container. So there's oh, some that wow. have like. 10 pieces one milligram each or now they're like there'll be there's a lot that are like one milligram per piece and 10 in a pack and have like you know 20 cbd you know cbg yeah. like they'll do all these mixes which is interesting and pretty innovative but um but obviously the legacy market thrives in that because you can buy one candy bar that has you know 100 milligrams in it and you know that's that so the industry <laughs> oh, pushing back and they will well, address the, the, the legacy market will advertise a gram i mean yeah. i've seen gram edibles advertised in the legacy market and they have packaging and they're they're in mylar and all this other stuff or they they just buy uh cookies stuff off of amazon to to rip them off uh and and then you see it but then you're like okay well is anybody going to regulate this stuff no yeah well it's interesting because here they say, and they being the provincial, we also have provincial wholesalers. So that's mm. how you have to, so we have provincial wholesalers in Ontario and Quebec are saying that for the first time over the past, I would say six months or 12, eight months or 12 months, um, the legal market has overtaken the legacy market in terms of dollars purchased. Oh, wow. Um, which is pretty that's fast. Really I mean, it took a long time. And well, California is now back down the other way but but here yeah. uh, but also i mean it's a direct correlation to how many stores there are to buy weed to be to be quite honest like well, my, yeah a question for you as a, as a canadian in the canadian market like i i always understood as far as what i've what i've read and seen from other people is that the quality hasn't reached and that's a problem here in washington too the quality and the quantity like i saw the medical market where fair capitalism was the actual land of the law and man i could buy ounces cheap and quality joints like it was all properly grown because the market their competition and the growers and cannabis really know real old culture people know how to grow and i mean let's call it medicine let's call it recreational but still a consumption plant where you know like if something's consumed by your body there's certain things you do to do it right and um in canada though is it, can I can I just like if I was a Canadian like woke up one day and just be like today I want to be part of the weed market and grow and and, and sell my wares can I do that no yeah. no it's gonna take how you large over. how how large is the application to get a Canadian oh, Canadian license it's big like it, it's really it's detailed it's basically how big is it no no it's big because <laughs> oh, after Illinois it's like here's a phone book for you no it's oh, you bigger than, my guess is it's yeah. bigger than that because I mean imagine if you were gonna open a um, like a food processing plant, right? Like that's yeah. basically like it's, it's many of them are not sort of GMP certified, but they are mm. built to that standard. Because like I, I see people, I see pictures of grows in like California, Colorado and like dogs running around and all that. Like yeah. here you have to go yeah. into a grow, like you have to wear a full clean suit, a beard net, you know, even before like a mask and like a hair net, like sure. it's like walking into a pharma facility or um, anything. So that's I love the way being it. in Humboldt and going to Sonobus and then seeing um, there's dogs and the dogs are the rodent IPM. And so like, mm. well, I can take care of the rodents. We got dogs. And then, uh, and, and oh my gosh, you, you have a dog hair maybe on a nug. You're like, oh. That would get you shut down. That would yeah. get you shut down in Canada. But then like that would also probably get you shut down in Illinois. The regulators would not allow that stuff. Oh, no. and, and then you see, but you see outdoor. Like New York's starting with outdoor. Because they're giving it to their 250 hemp farmers. And so mm. that, and then you look at that. I was crunching the math on that. I'm like, 
bro, give me a call. Don't forget to head on over to cannabisindustrylawyer.com <laughs> if you are a New York hemp farmer and get in touch with me and then be like, do you want do you want to talk to Jay? I will get Jay on the line then. And it'll yeah. be like, Tom, you have to stop calling. You have to stop. Yeah. It's funny. Like, but no you know, way. Outdoor, you do build the elements, right? Like I was at a grow in, on the east side over here a long time ago in Yakima. Beautiful grow. Yeah. Um, they isolated the dirt, did all the right things. But I was like, what do you do about bird shit? And they're like, yeah, you just kind of. It's an agriculture product, right? Even though it's medicine, even though it's a a thing we do for fun, it's a goddamn plant. (laughs) It's a goddamn thing that's grown from the ground. And and, but Jay, like, so like, what you ain't make a say. It sounds like, like in Canada, they aren't enabling like corporate grows. They're not enabling like a small mom pot craft grow. It's it's easier now. It it is easier now. But there's also like almost 700 licensed producers, like producers, and there they can range from like. 2,500 square feet, which is a micro all the way up to like a million square foot greenhouse, of mm-hmm. which there are several. But you guys added. use the metric system, right? So that yeah. 2,500 square foot gets divided by 3.1, whatever the heck. Well, this is so rate. Canadian. And, and I'll send it to you as after this runs. But like the way Health Canada, who's the one that licenses these things, describe yeah. it like they show you a hockey rink. And then like what percentage <laughs> of a hockey rink? So you can actually get your mind about what 2,500 square feet is. <laughs> Pretty small. It's like less than ice. It's I think it's yeah. even between... It might be blue line to blue line for all you hockey fans out there. Like, oh not- yeah, so you can't even get the five hole in there. No, no, that no. Would no. Put it's like it's all mid, it's like mid ice. It's like you, yeah. There's the, it's uh, it's crazy. Oh, but man. but they, but there are a lot of producers. And so what I would say is, early days it was all those. It was big, you know, big grows. Um, yeah. But now there are some that are producing really fine craft cannabis, almost all indoors. Um, yeah. it, it mostly, I mean, there's some that are in greenhouse like. Um, uh, Pearson Farms, I think, is in Greenhouse, which has huge market share. Tansel's Labs, like, really well thought of cannabis. Um, and there are some that are, like, very small, producing really, like, fire bud that is, like, flying off shelves. Like, consumers want it. Sure. But it's, like, how do you produce it in small enough quantities so you can keep quality control to produce the fire bud and reach a country that is both – it's big in geography and actually people consume a lot of cannabis. Like, it's hard to yeah. do. And so yeah. it's a balance. Yeah, I, I really think it is a craft brew, even more than a craft brew is, in the sense yeah. that uh, a beer's shelf life is longer, like six months or so, like if you preserve it well in that. in that. But then like some of those cushions with some of those terpenes, when that stuff's ready to smoke, get rid of it. And like, you know, it, this, this, isn't, this isn't Bordeaux. Like it is cured. It's perfect. Like you're just looking at terpene and, and cannabinoid degradation. Uh, it, well, yeah. You know, that's the, the bigger challenge. I, I would say so. That's like one ch- like growing it and growing it well is everybody's challenge because it's hard to do, to hard yeah. to replicate, hard to scale. That's one challenge. The other <laughs> challenge is that in every province but one, there's a provincial like a government middleman. Mm. So you, as a craft grower, I may say, you know what? Just what you were saying, like it's it's reached its perfect time. We got to get it to the province. So there's the delay of getting it to the province. Well, you got to get it tested, obviously. Then getting it to the province. The province has to get it to retailers. Retailers have to move it off shelves. Like that is not instantaneous process. Whereas like I hear about what happens at like uh, Hall of Flowers where, you know, buyers and mm. growers meet in a room and say, we're going to have this coming off our, out of our grow in four months. How much do you want? We'll get it to you. Like that does not exist except for Saskatchewan here, mm. which is a small province. But like, that the, the the process by which cannabis reaches the shelf is a big challenge because of the freshness, of course, and consumers want that. That's like a B two B thing, right? That's what you're talking about as far as like why your emphasis in in Canada was B two B. Yeah. Um, but like, man, the it's just really just sad that like you could as a citizen. Oh, hey, it's four twenty. It is. Yeah, I believe it is. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, All right. Well, this. This is a small commercial intermission brought to you by uh, 20 Past the Hour. Well played, everybody. We try to stay compliant with the Google algorithm. We still get flagged. Like, we were just growing like a weed. We were growing like a weed until about, like, last summer. August, and then they just they just they turned the, it down. And they now put we adult, all put the adult content on you. Uh, I don't know. No, nah, like well, that. sometimes. Then, yeah. like, um, so now I'm getting more email subscribers on a monthly basis than we're getting YouTube subscribers. So we'll get like over. We just had a, a bumper for my company, Collateral Base, and so it's it's big net is cannabisindustrylawyer.com, and so we got over 400 email subscribers from that. 
last year or like last month. But then YouTube has smashed us down to like 397. I'm like, that is bullshit. It's the man, man. Yeah. Jay, uh, you said 700 fucking pursuits in all of Canada, like all of Canada, the country, 40 million people, seven, yeah. 700. Yeah. I think it may be more like 800 now. And a oh lot of the, God. a lot of the more recent ones have been micros. Um, that's great. Yeah, but some of them have, you know, there's several that have, you know, you know, a million square feet of canopy. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. But of- I don't think, but that's, and again, that's like the Aurora cannabis. Like that thing is like imploding money. It, it doesn't even have like a worth. And the only re- reason that it's still there is because bondholders can't file for protection or accept reality. And so um, that. That's the big, huge, the acreage, the canopy, the, the thing where you're like, oh, we're going to make this for four cents a gram. And um, yet the craft ones are the ones who's got sales and cash flow. Yeah. So like, I, I think I'm of the opinion that once you get over 15,000 square foot canopy or like eh, three, 4,000 plants, you just can't move it. Uh, and and it, you also start to lose stuff. So I don't think it should scale. I, I really think it should be more like you have a community and that community has its breweries. And those breweries, there's a local flavor and flair that's there. And if you want to have that weed, well, you got to go there. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree, but regulators in Canada most certainly do. And I think regulators in a lot of places really do um, because they want to uh, they want to control. Well, they want to make sure. That's Mickey said. Like it's it's something that people are going to ingest. Health yeah. Canada is in charge of everything that people ingest, from tomatoes to pharma to everything else. It's going to be it's going to be consistent. It's going to be third party tested. All those things. It's going to be pesticide. You know, uh, I mean, it's pretty pretty easy. Do they run that? Yeah. Do they run? Do they run restaurants like that? Uh, it's pretty strict too. My sister owns a restaurant, and I mean, it's governed by different people. Right? The restaurants are governed by the city and the province, whereas mm-hmm. cannabis is really governed by. Health it's a product, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. cannabis is the product, but the restaurant is a business where like sanitary conditions are applied. Right. But but all ingestible, all things should be it applied equally, right? You get it tested for all the bad stuff. Yeah, you make sure it's grown right properly. Yeah, you have health inspectors, it's regulated, and then yeah. Canada is interesting. And then so was the the bill that uh, Chuck Schumer finally dropped last year. That wasn't kind of sucked, but uh, they also called for GMP, and so at that level. Do we require that for restaurants? So, like, if I was going to go make a pizzeria uh, to serve people an ingestible substance called pizza, um, what regulations do I need to file for that? Now, if I want to give them a beer, what regulations do I need to file? Now, if I want to say, like, you want a nightcap after that, here's a a joint for you. Uh, Yeah, but but I would would, uh, argue a little bit back on that is that the flour, the tomatoes, the cheese that come into that restaurant are governed by more or less GMP more or less um the inputs yeah, are and that's that why cisco owns everything then well do they though they just they're just a distributor right like I, it's all you know now at the same time um you know if you are a pharma company if you are putting even putting out gum uh, like vitamin gummies you know mm-hmm. you know you're you're governed by you know gmp DCA or that's the, the the food drug and cosmetic act of like way back in the past but it's yeah. still in effect and and that's one of the reasons why when you see a packaged good uh, that sells food it has a particular label on it that's the law yeah well i would ask you cuz you guys do work obviously in the states like i when chuck schumer drops a bill like that that calls for gmp or the equivalent i yeah. think the industry in the states gets serious heartburn which is why they oh, will say they want federal legalization, and I don't then think they should though, like like because like all they're all they're laying out with the GMP in, in any order policy is just saying, look, we want safe manufacturing practices, right? Shit, you should be doing anyways. Like that's the hard part right there. It's like, <laughs> right. like it gives me a hemorrhoid to talk about this shit. It's like, look, all this shit's not hard because like you should be doing it anyways. If you're gonna run a good restaurant, run a good anything, you don't want to like give people fucking cholera or you know, lead poisoning or whatever it is. You don't want to do that. We don't wake up going, we want to be assholes. So like, you know, we should. I'm not sure. Have you met some business people? I have met business people that they wake up and I think that that's what they think because they're like, "Eh, he wants this. I can't let him have that. That's the lowest bitter problem, man. That's the issue. It's not the lowest bitter problem. It's just the, that's how business works. It's turning pennies into dollars. 
And, and yeah. so you're looking for mispricing. You're looking for exploitation. Uh, a lot of businesses like that. I mean, good, good business. Now, like we have to accept the fact that like we've had like America is based off bad business, right? Like we've had so much free labor. It's not even fucking funny. Like how much <laughs> fucked up shit's been established. Oh, we've had as much free health care as we had free labor. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, my, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very envious. I'm very envious. Do you have any idea how good that would be for an entrepreneur if you had Canada's health plan? So why don't why don't I move my company to Toronto? I don't want to live in Toronto. I like its laws. I like its health plans. Can I live in Toronto and reside in Cocoa Beach, Florida? Well, here's (laughs) can I tell you? So this is years ago, but uh, I used to work in Silicon Valley, and there was a um, I don't even remember the conversation, but like auto manufacturers like doing business in Ontario. Like there's, we have Honda, we have Ford, a couple of others. Now it's a very expensive place to do business, but if the negotiations you're having with labor or labor unions is around, you know, wages and dental, like that's a pretty good negotiation to have as around (laughs) healthcare for life. Like that's really a challenge, right? Mm. You know, it's, it's, you think about that, you know, if it's a thousand dollars per employee per month for the rest of their lives, that is a huge not huge in Michigan versus uh, across, you know, across the lake here. Um, But then wire is thing. Okay. Thank you for pointing out uh, why uh, healthcare should be a right uh, that is picked up by the taxes so that you can unleash this entrepreneurial spirit. And then companies will want to actually do business there as you've cut one of their expenses. Why can't we do that? Oh, uh, well, uh, so are we that dumb? Yes. Are we that I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm American. So I, we is I, I would include we I, I think there is a huge chunk of the population in the States that believe universal health care is some evil that will take over your lives. I can tell you that I've lived through being an American and being here. It does not. It is it is a better system. You know, I used to be on Kaiser in California. Like it is a better system than that. And yeah, we have higher taxes. But at the same time. You know, it, we get covered all the time, right? Does, Kids have free medicine. Um, you know, the, the incentive is to be healthy rather than sick. Your doctor here, so our doctor here, if you go to a different doctor because they're not available, they in some ways get penalized. So they get penalized. Not only they want to treat you, they want to treat you and keep you healthy, but they should actually want to treat you and have good customer service because they don't want you going other places. Oh, yeah. Does Canadian healthcare though, does that cover cannabis? Does that cover as medicine? No, but many insurance, many like supplemental insurance company, many supplemental insurance that your employer would give you, like like uh, benefits for a farm. You know, for oh my god! Some of that does, yeah. Or your health savings account, which you guys have there. We have here, oh, like yeah. it's covered. I could use my what fucking health savings account for weed. Holy crap! Now you'd have to go through the medical system here, as opposed to the, you know, go into a store and buy it. But sure. You'll get weed and you'll get it reimbursed. I mean, sure. the medical system, I imagine, is a lot of your legacy people. So you're going to be getting quality cannabis anyways if you can just find the right network. But yep. but but this is the future, America. If you would just get off your freaking duff and read a Free fucking weed. An apple sometimes, <laughs> Free uh, weed. you would be able to have health and weed and more entrepreneurs because then you don't have to pay I mean, it's this a real thing that I have to deal with every month. Like, Miggy works for this very nice company. Yeah. I am the company. And so, like, you have to write that check to, to healthcare. And, dude, expensive. Well, well, can, can I, can I get on another thing? Because I, I've lived experience yeah. of. Let uh, this. Te- please, Jay, everyone, everyone, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> We're not going to talk about weed anymore. Likes and subscribes. <laughs> Jay will now have something that grinds his gears. Everyone, Jay Rosen. <laughs> Because uh, I'm an American and lived in California, then moved here. Um, there are some things that are that are earth shatteringly different. One is obviously healthcare. The other is uh, higher education. So, you know, I don't know how you would afford fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year per kid to go to university. So that's two hundred grand per kid. We have two. Like, I don't know how we would ever have four hundred grand to send them to university. I'm talking state schools too in the states, right? Yeah, here the most expensive school and the best school, uh, arguably University of Toronto, which is both one of the more expensive and the the best. Um, It's the Harvard of Canada. It's not. Well, don't say that because you get shit from people who are like, actually, it's McGill. Actually, it's actually it's Waterloo. But no, but but it's like I think it's like fifteen grand a year. Whoa! Oh my god! Right. So, so like, and like you tell me. Like, like, yeah. it, like, obviously Harvard, Stanford, Princeton, like, of course, 
you could argue, you know, a list just came out the top CEOs, the billionaires, like all they all went to Ivy schools. But yeah. is the difference between I went to Emory in Atlanta? Is the difference between That's Emory and University pool. of Toronto? Yeah. Is it fifty thousand dollars a year different? Uh, absolutely not. Um, mm. And you know, it's a huge difference from from a from a. I was going to say a young parent, but a, a the, parent of young kids. I actually mean, yeah, um, for sure. Like this is a it's a life changing money you're not going to spend. Yeah. And like, look, if our daughter like or son, like if they are geniuses or like if they like if they want to go to grad school and like there's a two year or a three year program, they're going to be a doctor. Like, of course, you know, we would think about that. But like on the regular to say it's going to cost us 40 grand a year for four years times two. Like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. Best the best advice I got when, when I was in the Navy, because, you know, the Navy goes through a lot of training. They try and like everybody comes like I knew a guy in boot camp who learned to brush his teeth in boot camp from Louisiana. They're like, like there's steps in life that we all got to learn. And if we're in a community investment, like for the uh, future and whatnot, the best one I got so far was like, just, just invest in yourself, invest in your own, whatever, because when your kid gets old enough and they do want to go to college, then you can you know, take the loans out then and, and do everything then. But you just don't know, like you can try your best and hardest, like drive this little human being to be what they want. But Sometimes they're assholes. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes you know, like down there, like I, I, I really push my kids way too hard into computers. Like, like I'm a nerd. Tech is my thing. If you know me, Tom knows me. Like I, I just do tech, and so right. like I thought, like I don't want to work hard for a living, so that's why I do tech. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Though, but that's like, to say that. I'm giving As you somebody those- who sutures together numerous pieces of software to extract money from the internet. I'll let you know that's not how it actually works. But you know, it's, it's it's nonstop. You're always like, well, we have to get this system and process going now. And then like, uh, Jay was like, oh, here's my credentials to get this thing into Streamyard. I'm like, I have not tried that yet. Yeah, oh, it works. I mean, like, uh, but we're all working in tech, and True if story. you're not, holy crap, don't you have any idea how much more tech's going to be tomorrow as opposed oh. to yesterday? I mean, you really yeah. have to get into it. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, the, the fact that the HSA though is covered by Canadian healthcare, like if I could use my fucking healthcare plan that I got from the company that I work for to go buy weed, yeah. how much money that would save me? Yes. <laughs> oh, did, did you hear I, I, his, his, I don't know you very well, but yeah. What about the healthcare and the college? I mean, he just—you are moving yeah. trillions of dollars off the back of humans and yeah. putting it onto a government. And you think, and you're the most entrepreneurial country ever. You have no idea how much money that would make this country. Right. But you have this pushback that it's, that this is somehow a bad thing. Like, I don't know how healthcare could ever be a bad thing. Republicans. And and again, people get really pissed when I like, when we, when we get political like that, they're like, oh, you're just like, well, cannabis is a, it is not, it's a nonpartisan issue. Everybody loves it. It's the right thing to do. Well, did you see what we'll Federal O'Rourke said this week? Uh-uh. What did he say? Federal O'Rourke said that Republicans get high too. Oh, sure. Of course. I don't, yeah. In my experience, that has been less true than what he said. But No, I, oh, no, no. I'm in the hollers, man. Yeah, I live in cornfields and soybeans. And no, so, like, no, I, 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 just, yeah. I used to and work I'm, in Capitol Hill. Then none of them got high. My problem is this whole hmm. like party of love thy neighbor bullshit. And then they yeah. fucking like don't want to have health care. They don't want to like pull people out. Like there's real policy and things we can do, right? Like all this, like when Obamacare happened, right? And they're all like, like, well, where's your plan? These fuckers never had a plan. Like you can, all you want, but it don't give you nothing. When they they have that binary type thinking as opposed to a style of thinking where it's like, that's socialism. It's like, no, I mean, it's not, it's, 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 it's good policy. It's taking care of your human rights so that we can have, better companies and 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 Jiminy Christmas but I I get so upset that you see how we just waste stuff and then do you know what do your politicians call you uh, at all hours of the day asking for money no because the the campaigns are only a set amount of time so even the federal campaigns are like I think it's like how can you have like people on TikTok pointing at things they believe in and like saying why you should be voting for them you know like that's how you get elected in this in in these states, you know. I know, I, and I used to work in politics. I used to work in Capitol Hill. I worked for Senator mm. Boxer from California. Shout out Senator <laughs> Boxer. Uh, that was my entry Whoa. into politics was sort of liberal Democratic politics in Capitol mm. Hill and then in California. Um, but I even think, 
I think there is this boogeyman that is, I mean, we could talk about universal healthcare. That is universal healthcare. Mm -hmm. That is no boogeyman. It is, it is a, it is a human right. And, and that is overlooked. And I would say in many respects, even though I was working in democratic liberal politics, that it's mm -hmm. actually moved further to the left since being here. But I mm -hmm. also, I mean, even, and the parliamentary system, I think is potentially more super I mean to, to split that Republican I mean these guys voted for Trump and loved it and so like to split <laughs> them, you have to really get into their pocketbook and if you can get into their pocketbook from college and from the costs of their health care I mean if they own a plumbing company or if they own like a hair company if they own a company and most people own companies and a lot of them vote Republican and you'd be like all right, let's go over your balance sheet and your P&Ls this month. This, we're taking that over here. And this, we're taking that over there. And so you know what that means? It's easier to have access to high-quality talent because now there's no impediment to go to school. It's easier to have access to people that, you know, don't have diabetes because you can actually go to a doctor as opposed to say, I ain't got the money for that. I'm going to go through McDonald's. Um, man. I tell you what, I am depressed. Well, I, uh, I, right. yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk you out of that depression on those things for sure. But I will say this, and 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 yeah. um, this has also got me angry. And since we're talking about this, um, there are people who are like freedom, 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 unless of course it's about cannabis, and unless of course mm -hmm. you're the governor of Florida, and cannabis is not one of the freedoms you agree with, or gay rights or uh, you know what a woman wants to do with her body right those yeah. things are yeah. not the freedoms he's talking about it's really it's just you know not those freedoms it's the other ones right. that they care about well, so it's a, it's a little bit hypocritical now and yeah. by the way like the issue of cannabis did not come up in the election of prime minister uh most recently so last year hmm. it just didn't and it was you know it was it's a, a non-topic no more right, non you guys you guys so mike i had a question for you as far as like so yes. um the land of legal weed now, like, like totally like there's, so imagine, is there any average citizens being arrested? Like walking the streets, getting high is there anything, nothing has gone no, array no. where like, no, 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 no. Like, in fact, things are loosening rather than like it started from a very constrictive spot, almost mm -hmm. like tobacco. What has happened since COVID, but would have happened anyway, is that, uh, well, it may have happened anyway, since COVID retailers, let's say in, in Ontario, the biggest province, by you know, it's like 50 plus percent of the population. Um, now there's delivery, like private delivery oh, to your cool. house of can legal cannabis. That opened up. So e-commerce and delivery, curbside mm. pickup. But more importantly, what has really happened is over the past year plus, the number of stores, the actual brick and mortar stores have gone up 125% in Ontario. So in Toronto itself, so we have a city of mm. say 3 million people for easy math. We have like 400 stores. So like it's very, there are some strips here, including the one where my office is, where my house is. There's like six stores on a block because- there's only some places they can't be within 150 meters of a school or a park or some other thing. So like you have to they really literally, but that's the zoning aspect of it. You've created, and then think about like a college town that has that row of bars and that's what you've created. You've created that college town with the bar area uh, and you've just relegated uh, cannabis there through the zoning aspects. Right. And this, I've seen this, like when people are applying, uh, you get, some and it's difficult to apply for these licenses because of the amount of regulation, by the way. And, and but yet you'll have a disproportionate amount of the applicants congregated in one particular area because them's the rules that's zoning. Yes, but yeah. but those are real, that's really the only rule in Ontario. So, like, if you are there's some cities that have opted out, but aside from that, if you're outside of that 150 meters, it's for, like there aren't certain designations of zoning, so it's not like B and C and D level you know, streets, like we are, you know, they call it in England, like the high street, like main street, like it is on, it is in some of our fanciest neighborhoods, some of the, you know, the, the least fancy neighborhoods and everywhere in between. Once you're outside of that radius of a school, there are cannabis stores and like it's, it works. Like the cannabis sales go through the roof. Now it's very difficult for those stores that are right next to each other, of course, but that's. They become that's, gas stations that share a block. Mm -hmm. Well, interesting. Yeah. Couchetard, which is uh, owns Circle K, which you guys have too, which is a Canadian company. They have a relationship with Fire and Flower, which is, they're like a, a minority owner of the actual company. Fire and Flower is one of our bigger retailers here in Canada. They have like 120 stores. They are co-locating some of their convenience stores and right next door in the same sort of drive yeah. in it like is a cannabis store so like it's uh 
Like it's happening, and and it's it's in America too. Like a lot of the uh, people that own the retail locations, they're getting into it as a side. And so their ancillary side was they own liquor stores, gas stations. Yeah, and and they're getting into it, and they're being successful. No shit. Yeah, I will say though, this is the one thing, and this is as true in California as it is in Ontario, as it will be in New York, as it will is in, in Illinois, right, and Michigan. Um, like you need to know what you're doing. It's, I mean, it's important that you know cannabis, of course, because you're owning a cannabis store. That's what you're selling. But retail is very difficult, whether you're selling cannabis or yeah. selling booze or selling gasoline or Snickers. Like it is a very nuanced, very strategic. There's lots of procedures that you just may not know because you think selling weed is going to be easy. And it might be if you're the only one in the town. Yeah. When, when all of a sudden you're six on a block, it's like, oh, we have to have the right people, the right vibe, the right training. They have to be moving the right product with the right markup at the right time. They mm-hmm. need to do, be doing attachment rates and inventory planning. And there's a freshness aspect of the cannabis, certainly on the flower side. Like that is, it's more than three dimensional chess. It is, it's running a very challenging retail business. Like, I mean, sh- that's fair competition though. That, that, that's, oh, that, totally. that's nice. It's just really really hard and like yeah i think and many people like doing it and all those expenses those aren't expenses right Jay, that what? is after tax profit expenses and so oh, like right. you have to you have to pay for all that shit that's expensive and difficult to do for the trafficking when you have a lot of competition like that after tax well but, but you every bud tender so you but every bud tender to. every bud tender in canada has health care See what I mean? You don't have you don't have the illegality, and so in That's Canada, awesome. you're running a regular business. You're not running this yeah. weird thing where, like, our, the 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 retail locations in America, they have to pay their taxes after they've paid their cogs and right. maybe their inventory manager, right. like whatever they can shift in the inventory. That's it. Then and pay the man, and, and uh, the man will be coming for you if you don't. And then you yeah. can pay for all this other stuff that gives yeah. you competitive advantage. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, like it's a much more normalized business here because of banking, because it's legalized, because it's federally legal, all those things matter. So yeah. you're getting down to the brass tax, which is, oh my goodness, we need to run a business. Now there's some nuance too, because everybody's buying from the same wholesaler in the province and they control mm-hmm. the price. There's a minimum you can charge and there's, you know, really excess, you know, the competition's outrageous in some places. But what we've seen now is like everybody wanted to be in downtown Toronto, the biggest city with the, you know, the coolest oh, yeah. place, right? Then it sort of moved to the suburbs and exurbs. And like there were some shopping centers that were doing oh, wow. gangbuster business because they were the only ones in the community. Now, like I get called, I would say at least twice a month from very small towns in Ontario. Like when I say small towns, I'm talking like the next nearest town is like four or five hours away. Like mm. it's almost like, it's like, think of like South Dakota, right? You guys have been in South Dakota. Like there are towns that are four hours away. My from brother-in-law is from Yankton, South Dakota. Right. So South Dakota, like there's going to be towns that have it, that they're the only ones. But in, in, uh, you know, uh, northern Ontario, like there's five, there's I think there's 16 stores in a town called Sudbury. It's a pretty big city. It's 160,000 people, but it's the Mm. only city around. And they're like, why do we have so many stores? It's like, well, you know, think of like one for every 10,000 residents. Like that's the normal ratio. right? Like you're going to have 16. Toronto's going to have 400 because that's Mm, the right. Right. right? It's just it just is. Yeah, my uh, the, the the dispensary model math that I've done uh, has like shifted and changed. But then one of the assumptions that I'll make is one per twenty five thousand resident. But then the other assumptions that I'll make is well, Washington State puts out a lot of data and they have a fairly regulated system where there's not that many, uh, and so you can kind of like, you know, pick comps because right. they have so much data. So like, well, based on where you want to open and if this regulated structure of this many per that many people and i think different like when they're trying to just stick them all in one area like that where they didn't say no but like usually there's moratoriums in the communities like that's enough we're gonna have these four you know and so it kind of stays to that and you can do the math and you can see how much it's making i mean like there's dispensaries in washington state eight hundred thousand dollars a month yeah a month yeah and then like their wholesale prices are uh, Illinois and New Jersey and probably soon, well, not New York because they're going to go outdoor. Illinois and New Jersey's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, wholesale price. So the retail price in uh, where Miggy is, is the wholesale price where I'm at. Right. But, yeah. if it, but I mean, in a federally legal st- landscape, like people would grow in Washington and Oregon and California and sell it in New Jersey. And that would be you know, oh, yeah. gangbusters. But, you know, it's interesting though. Um, you said $800,000 a month there because so many stores open recently. There's lots of comps here, but, 
Nobody knew what the comp was because everything was new. There were two stores. A lawyer we were working with was working with these uh, two stores. One in like a strip mall. They were the only store. A one that was like in a downtown strip in Toronto that was like, there's three on the block. They opened on the same day. The one in downtown Toronto made $400 of sales. Gosh, so like, not made for, sold $400. The other one that's is doing not- 600 grand a month. Oh my yeah. God. Wow. Like, can you, but like, it's more expensive. The one in Toronto is more expensive, yeah. like more expensive rent, more expensive staff, more expensive training. You know, like, you know, that's yeah. the variable. And like, of course, everybody wants to have their flagship. And it's like, you know, yeah. maybe like the Gap doesn't mind losing money on their flagship store and, you know, Miracle <laughs> Mile like in Chicago, but yeah. Cannabis Store X certainly does mind because they're just getting fleeced, right? Right. But yet, that's not how it usually goes down. They're like, I want it right here. I'm like, ah, well, sir, this is going to take a lot of consulting because this, I don't want to give you legal advice in this. You'd have a malpractice claim against me. Right, right. It's Jay, wild. It's wild. Oh, God. Jay, how, how did, so you've been out there for a while, though. How did Canada legalize weed? Like, what was the, like, was it the scheduled? Was there an amendment? Like, how did so, you guys have this promised land? So patients, so as with many, patients push for it. Well, they push for legalization. They didn't put, they push for medical access first. Like, I want access to medicine. I'm going to grow my own. A conservative government got sued basically and had to do it. So then it was like, okay, patients could grow their own. Then patients could allocate that grow to you, Miggy, because you're a great grower and you could grow for me because I'm your patient and you have 10,000 other patients. And I'm like, that sort of got out of hand because then there was these great growers in BC growing for everybody. And that there's a lot of, uh, let's say slippage in that, that kind of system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then uh, later there was like, okay, 2013, I think it was, there was like, okay, we're going to have these commercial growers, basically, like the canopies of the world that are going to be centralized growers. And me as a patient can get my authorization from a doctor, get it to you, canopy growth. Now you're my licensed producer. We have a direct relationship between patient and producer. And there were several, many of those in that group. And then Trudeau got in. And every time it was patients suing for more access to cannabis, then mm. Trudeau came in and said, this policy is not working. Like kids have access to cannabis. There's lots of slippage in the previous system. We need to keep it out of the hands of kids, regulate it, make sure it's safe and get the money, you know, get it out of the black market, get it out, get of, some money. Uh, yeah. get out of organized crime and tax it, right? And regulate it. Yep. And so he did. In 2015, he got elected. This is one of his policy platforms. He made it happen to much fanfare and like, you know, 2017, we get in, it was like, this is going to be the downfall of Canada. Of course, yeah. it happened and people are like, whatever. Um, <laughs> and like, there's still a bit of like cities that are, and now it's funny. Some cities said no in Ontario to, to retail, which has happened in New York and New Jersey and other places because mm-hmm. they were worried about, well, they didn't want Canada. Like, it'll oh, it'll yeah. be like a majority. And so like even California is still getting close to that 50% every election cycle, more and more just they, they die off and they realize, but the stigma and then the just the they're divorced from reality and so that yes. divorce from reality takes years to wear off well, and so like it, new jersey was like about two-thirds and new york i think was 57 percent and it's fine like it, it'll it'll it, then what we had in canada like people said no they're like now we want to see us but we're worried about worried about too many stores in one place like it wasn't that they're worried about and, and you know there was there was a story i won't even name i won't even name the city in california because I don't want to insult the people that live there unless they get hold of me. But they were like, we're going to ban delivery in our in our city. You know, and I think it was an ease case, right? They were like, we're not going to de- mm-hmm. we're going to ban ease from delivering in our community. It's like, what the fuck are you going to do that? Yeah. Right? Like, like you're going to ban Amazon too? Like, yeah. Mm. But luck. why though, right? The ease driver was like inconspicuous though. But didn't ease just go tits up because, well, mass, 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 like wire fraud because of n- no other reason then the federal cannabis laws and they, they call it marijuana and they treat it like heroin. And, and as a result of that, it creates a cacophony of other crimes that you're committing when you're yeah. dealing in the business of this good. Yeah. So much so that like, you know, it, our stuff censored. It's, and again, it's, I can't advertise for nothing. It's like, Hey, do you want this service? Too bad. You know, good luck finding it. Go to a, should have been a beer lawyer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said beard lawyer. I was like, no. we, we lawyers making on our right? beard? <laughs> <laughs> representation. Yeah. Equal representation, goddammit. But your seriously, beard though, what is your succession plan for your beard? You know, we can provide that. <laughs> With the right trust, we can put your beard into generations. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, what is your beard routine? Uh, you know, dude, I uh, I try to just try and keep it not looking like a Civil War general. 
So okay. How's, <laughs> you know, how's that going? It goes poofy. That's what happens. And so I just trim it up with like a number eight. On the oh, sides, you do it. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're I haven't. No, no, I want to though. I do. I'm, but I just don't feel like spending sixty bucks on a dude. Like I used to do that. Yeah. And I used to tip with weed too. I used to tip joints. Oh, but uh, my yeah. my guy, I'm gonna give him a shout out. JP on St. Clarence in Toronto, great guy. Oh. B side barbers. No, you can bring around records and he'll play them. But also, oh, I okay. I tip him in weed. Uh, he likes but, that. Uh, I love I love a good barber though, man, because they got like a beer. You can have they have beer. They have like pool hall depending on what's waiting. I mean, shoot, I totally mm-hmm. love that. But you know, I haven't done shit in a long time, even like because of the pandemic. Like, but now things are wrapping up. Like this past couple of days, we went to dinner yesterday and like no mask and hanging out. Like I'm feeling better about like we're the city of Seattle is like 80 percent vaccinated. Like I don't really have to worry about mass like stupidity because it's you know most people yeah. got the shots. Uh, we got that herd immunity or whatever going on. And, yeah, and the ones getting, that didn't get their shots got one of the variants by now. You know, something, shit. dude. Yeah, you know, so the, so things are better out here. But, like, yeah, I don't like leaving the state. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't like leaving. Well, we've been back and forth. I was saying back and forth to New York. and um, Oh, yeah, Canada. Jesus Christ, yeah. And Canada's great. Like, can, well, we've, we've, you know, we've like 90 plus, 93%, I think, in Toronto vaccination. Our country overall is like almost 90%. This is uh, what happens when you give people health care and access to education. It makes a lot more difficult for the boogly boo people to like confuse the non educated. Uh, but there's this so much like uh, America was founded by used car salesmen before cars existed. And so, like, yeah, seriously, it's always been about this hustle of selling people, and you don't need too much book learning. You just need four dollars and twenty-seven cents, you know. And, and, and that 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 dodge, I mean, like, uh, we haven't been able to shake. But you know, know, there's this imperfectness too about them, where like they have like I would love to live there and, and stuff like that, um, you know. But the thing is, like, the, the the border too, right? Like, if I got in trouble for a cannabis crime here and I try to go to Canada, they wouldn't let me in, and it's like. Wait, so it's legal here, but if I got in trouble over there, but yet if I'm running away from a murder, like if I'm a murderer because I'm trying like not to like get killed, you'll fucking take me in. But because I got busted for weed, I don't. I don't know if they'll take in murderers. I'm not they, sure about that. Well, there, the, the Canada used to be known for like the lack of extradition, right? Like this whole protection and all this other crap, right? They're sending Which you is, back, Miggy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that was a shocker Maybe. with uh, Mark Emery, just- though. You're fine. You're fine. You don't need to do any of those things. You, you can't run to Canada from Seattle. Well, it's always like the plot of, of shows. Like, I think it was the plot in Homeland. I'm pretty sure it was part of the plot in uh, The Americans, uh, you know, to go through Canada. Uh, my experience with the borders, sometimes they're pretty thorough. Um, there are tons of signs now. You guys probably haven't crossed the border in a while, but like Mm-mm. tons of weed signs. Like, do not, it is illegal to cross international borders with cannabis. But two things you should know. Obviously, it's not illegal to fly with cannabis in Canada. Like You just send mm. it through the thing and they don't care. There's one other thing that we can send through like as carry-on here that you can't there, which I learned about because I uh, went to Ottawa on a quick flight a couple years ago. You can fly with skates in your carry-on in Canada. <laughs> one of two countries in the world. Skates. What do you think of that? Like roller skates? Uh, no, you, you oh, guys are lucky. Nobody wants. Well, you guys are hockey land. Jesus, you guys are like the you're the garden gnome of countries in the world. Yeah, and so like we see you, we're like that's adorable. Like, of course you allow <laughs> skates. No one like it's like yeah. You know, unless can I can I get? Does that policy apply if I'm going to death to America land? Like if it's like so if I'm getting in on like Air Canada, don't have to check my skates, but I'm going to be landing in New York. You know, you, you got you. They'll they'll take them right away from you. They're pretty sharp. There you go. Sharp, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah but in uh, you know in I don't know in Ottawa the big the big drive to Ottawa aside from being the national capital is uh, they have a canal that freezes over like January through end of February, um, mm-hmm. like six kilometers, like a couple miles. You can skate on the whole thing. It's great. Um, oh my goodness! Just like yeah. you know, not Hans Christian Andersen. That's not his name. The silver skates guy. Who wrote that? Like a bazillion years ago. Um, but the the tale of two cities. You know, I think you you were in you were in the Dutch area, and so yeah. that would happen. And you could mm-hmm. then skate on the yeah. on the canals. Yeah. Totally, you could do that in Ottawa every, anytime you want, as long as it's you know thirty below Celsius. Because that sounds that, terrible. That sounds it is. Terrible. It's brutal, but it is fun. Do you know if they're, they're they are letting up on that border issue though? Because I've like pre-pandemic when things went on, 
there were people like here that went to events and got turned around because yeah. of the so uh so yeah. actually we're about to release release it more than you are so after april 1st you do not need a negative test to come into canada mm. you do need one to come a negative antigen test to go back into the states because my family's coming up april 2nd so they'll be they can get here no test as long as they're vaccinated mm. and then come back as long as they're vaccinated but with a test right on so it's it's eased up a bit and driving's a little bit different um but uh, as far as the um the the, the cannabis like like for uh, that you know what I'm saying? Like, it's been an issue for people getting across the border for Americans to go to Canada pre-pandemic. Like, it was the stupidest thing because it's legal in your country. It's yeah, like, but you can't you can't travel. It's more the flight there. Like, you can't you can't get on the flight. I wouldn't bring it across border. If you need weed when you get here, we will hook you up. Right, right. But I wouldn't fly with it, and I definitely but, wouldn't fly with it in the states because those states are vicious. Even people declaring, like I've seen, uh, like people with a DUI when they're coming across, and like, hey, you know, I can't come into Canada, but like, I have a, a, a DUI with weed. Like, are, are they still like using that as a thing? Like, for like- I, I don't know, but I know someone once told me mm. uh, that the fish shows that happen in Ontario are less well attended and not as good because people won't drive there because they. They have mm. DUIs from traveling <laughs> the country. That's what someone told me. I don't know if that's true. I think it's hilarious. The fish is just like, they get done. They're like, I don't know why our shows just don't seem to pop in Canada. <laughs> we're in oh. Buffalo. We have these, these banger shows. And yeah, like, you know, we did that one in Bingham, New York. And it was just, you know, blow the blow the door off the roof. And and, and then we go to Canada. Crickets. I just yeah, Saratoga Springs, we fucking crank it. And upstate yeah. near Albany. And then we get a little bit further north. It's like, oh, kind of dead. Um that's funny. It's true. Hey, will I, you be I in Bethel? I want to see how many, uh, how many strains out there are related to the fish lots. That's because that's one of the interesting thing about like, you know, um, Chem Dog 91. Evidently, that's the, the, the story of that strain goes back to like the dead concert, I believe, in New York. How many strains that are out there with genetics have to go back to like a fish lot somewhere? That would be interesting. It'd be a good thing to uh, trace back. Yeah. Well, well, you know, somebody has to do it. I'll be a weed tourist in Canada. Sure, anytime. Anytime, Ina, if you want to come, we'll uh, we'll hook you up in uh, in Toronto. But if you really want to do it, I would – I hate to say it. I mean, I love Toronto. Lots of weed here. But if you really want to be a weed tourist, I would go to BC. That's where the – Is there um, commercials like that? Like, are they – like, because, you know, some uh, places have promoted their weed and, you know, come to whatever. Is there Very few. Like uh, yeah. But like in BC, they're thinking about it. Like you know, mm. in Ontario, you can like do quasi tour of like some grows and like there's stores there. Very few. It's just it's hard. But BC is trying to figure out how to like create a craft program that allows people to come to it. So like you're in Nelson, BC, which is where the Primo weed comes from. You can like see a grow, buy the weed, have a tourist experience. Like that's an illegal framework. Like they're trying to make hel- it. Yeah, you want to go helicopter skiing. You want to go helicopter skiing and like the interior of BC, like you will have the best weed and the best skiing you've ever had. (laughs) Like uh, that I can guarantee you. Uh, But the province sort of giving its blessing is yet another thing. Mm. Man, that does sound like a lot of fun. I just hope that I don't hurt myself. But if I do, I'll have some pretty banging (laughs) weed, which is really, really nice. You know, that'll help with the inflammation. And then I I also figured out uh, this thing, uh, which is, what was the name of that that book that I was thinking about when we were talking about uh, uh, Crumb's Lost Permission to Capture Your Screen? Follow these steps. I can't share my screen. All right, never mind. It was Hans Brinker, The Silver Skates, and it was evidently Hmm. written by Mary Mapes Dodge in 1865. And so that was that story about skating across canals that we were forced to read at the school that I went to. No sounds like a sounds like a kick and buck, man. What was that uh, uh, movie Will Ferrell about skating? Yeah, There's was, was a better one. You guess I know it. Uh, ice skating, not ah, the one that so he. Uh, uh, so people are people are chiming in with their favorite fish songs. Well, <laughs> for those for those that'll be on tour this summer, I will uh, maybe in the, the show in Toronto, but I will be the one at Bethel, Bethel Woods. Uh, All right, is that in uh, Bethel Woods, New York? Yeah. When it went that one? July 22nd, 23rd. It's a two-day run. I think I'll only be there for the first day. But, right. uh, yeah, anybody going? I'm. Uh, uh, no, I, 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 it was one of the things that I was supposed to do last year. And so, but then, you know, there's trade shows stuff. So is there any trade shows in New York that I can pigeon on this? Yes. Around then? So we're, yeah. uh, I don't know if we're going to be back, but there's a couple. 
they're not as good as ours, but we're going to be back in September, September 21st, 22nd, Business of Cannabis New York. You can find everything at CannabisLive.New York, I think it is. Or CannabisNewYork.Live. Shit, I screwed that up. But you can find it all on BusinessOfCannabis.com. All of it's always there. And sign up for our newsletter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. See, if I don't do that, then people get mad at me if I don't just keep it. No, that's good. That's right. You have to do that. But uh, I would be sharing it. But I don't have permission. Oh, I already did. I shared it on on the YouTube thing. Everybody find me and subscribe. Uh, awesome. And hey, I, I want to thank you for stopping by and like, you know, so much fun. For an hour. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And I, I think a lot of people really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm looking forward to yeah. getting out and into the New York market. Hopefully I'll be able to see you at one of these trade shows uh, that, you know, COVID um, really just put me back and uh, nowhere for like two years. I tell you. Hey, well, you guys go. To, are you going to go to Vegas? Do you guys go to Vegas for MJ Biz? Uh, last year I went to Humboldt and so, um, I'll probably go to Vegas this year, provided that I've already gotten enough money to buy the farm at Humboldt and then staff that to like move the genetic. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a multi-tiered plan that you have to convince people to buy into like literally. Yeah. Well, well, if we see, maybe we'll see in person, maybe if not, uh, then, then before then. Nice to us, Jay. And then also, I wanted to say, you know, thank you for all the members. They were chiming in and, you know, thanks for hanging out. Uh, really appreciate it. And we'll see you on Wednesday uh, when we have a whole new roundup of cannabis legalization news. Peace out, everybody. Oh, yeah, he's well, you know, uh, busy and all that. It's a nice day out there. I'm gonna drop out myself. But first, I wanted to make sure that this thing was there. I'm, I'm fussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, so.